both a little under the weather. Yeah, I'm on my way back up though. I don't know if you're on your way down, but Tuesday, me <sighs> like I I had completely lost my voice by really Wednesday, okay. I guess. Yeah, like I just couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, see, I uh, I think I'm like in the middle. Like my my voice was uh, my my throat was like really hurting like uh, Thursday and Friday, but we had a radiothon to mm. benefit Ronald McDonald House charities. And I'm just, like, talking for, like, eight hours <laughs> and just raw-dogging my vocal cords, essentially. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been just, you know, sipping some DayQuil, taking some allergy meds. I, it, it feels like allergies, but just times ten. Yeah, mine might be that, although it's more likely just whatever whatever cold or whatever yeah. virus led to Declan's croup, I probably got, and and then just and then I raw dogged my vocals on <laughs> on Tuesday. I never learn, you know. Like I remember the last shot I had at, at getting back into radio. I think I I was losing my voice, and then I went ahead and did a podcast anyway. And then oh. for two days, I sounded like you know Tom Waits, like gargling <laughs> hot asphalt. And was that um, was that your uh, was that your stint on the country station? Yes, my three day stint on country radio. Yeah. All right, should we get going? Yeah, might as well. All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season five, episode eight, the ski lift. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, the Seder? We wanted to know a little bit about Rob Corddry and where he was in his career when he popped up as sex offender Nate Leftowitz or something like that. Um, <laughs> and he was uh, born in 71 in the Boston area. He is the older brother of Nate Corddry, by the way, who uh, was a fellow oh. Daily Show correspondent and also on Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. And and he's popped up in, in lots of other places um, Rob Cordry gra- graduated from UMass Amherst in 92, and then in 94, moved to New York City. His early paying jobs included working as a security guard at the Metropolitan Museum of Art and handing out menus for a Mexican restaurant. He eventually landed some acting jobs, including a year-long tour with the National Sa- Shakespeare Company. I'd like to see Rob Cordry do some Shakespeare. I bet that'd be good. Uh, and, of course, he trained in improv at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City, performing regularly as a member of the sketch comedy troupe The Naked Babies with John <laughs> Ross Bowie, Brian Husky, and <laughs> Seth Morris. They all had blue names on Wikipedia, but I didn't have a chance to um, click them, so I don't know. Those guys might be famous now as well. He spent two years with the sketch comedy group Third Rail Comedy. His first notable television appearances were on Comedy Central's Upright Citizens Brigade TV show, which ran from 98 to 2000. And which was absolutely hilarious to me. I think I have the first two seasons on DVD. I don't even know if they released the the third, maybe the fourth. I don't remember how long it went, but it, it only ran for two years. So maybe there only was two seasons, but I seem to remember a third. In spring of 2002, he accepted an audition for The Daily Show and was a very popular correspondent there for four years. He left in 06. And by the time this episode of Curb aired, he had also already appeared in Old School. So... I'm not going to say, like, you know, I, I, I think we settled last time that this probably leaned cameo. But to me, this is more like guest star. You know, he's definitely not as big enough to be cameo at this point. I, I think it's just notable guest star, you know, as, as his role on Curb would be. Um, the, uh, the other person we wanted to look up was Rob Hubel who appears as Mark in the Seder. He was born in 69 in Alexandria, so the Northern Virginia, D.C. area. 
Then he went to Clemson, where he studied, studied marketing in hopes of working in advertising. But then he moved to New York and uh, started uh, at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in 96. And he really hadn't done... I was kind of surprised because he's so recognizable now that he hadn't done much on TV, even fewer movies, like like some like little indie comedy or something like that I think he was in by the time this episode of Curb aired. Um, he had been on the UCB show a couple of times, just like Rob Corddry. He was a Daily Show segment producer, so I don't even know if he was on the air. Uh, he did some Conan sketches. He worked with Michael Moore. Uh, he got an Emmy nod for producing some of the, of the Awful Truth, Michael Moore's uh, television show. And so I'm saying this one almost leans more working actor lands great gig mm. on, on HBO show. Yeah, because he really... <laughs> Hadn't done. I mean, Human Giant was still a few years off. That was 07 to 08. I would say his breakthrough role. Let me know. I mean, you you might disagree. His breakthrough role was, I'd say, I love you, man. When a lot of people, oh, I think that's man. when he got on a lot of people's radar as like the douchey was, was uh, real he, estate guy. Was I love you, man, before or after? Because I know he was a panelist on all of the like best week ever right. i love the 80s and 90s i think that was before i love you man i want to say you're right about that yeah i would say that's true uh because so, because and, and i mean those to, are even probably before that, human giant yeah yeah to get on those i mean just be a i don't know a comedian with a lot of friends in la i would assume right yeah yeah probably yeah so that was probably where he you know made, made his bones as it were but where he i think probably like broke through as oh i'm gonna recognize this guy from now on that my guess is i love you man because he had a just a, a very memorable role in that a lot of great there's a lot of great comedic like just quick comedic roles in that movie you know like andy samberg as the brother and um joe latrulio as the high-voiced guy you know there's just a <laughs> lot of a lot of like little quick roles for very funny people in that movie but and then uh children's hospital was from 08 to 2016 it ran forever on Adult Jeez. Swim. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think it kind of got the uh, the curb treatment in that it didn't just have a new season every single right. year. I think it right. only had like three or four seasons. You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. And then did you watch Medical Police on Netflix? No, I didn't. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. You have to. I mean, if you liked Children's Hospital, it's just more of the same. And it was absolutely hilarious. I know I, I watched have... an episode or two of uh, Do You Want to See a Dead Body? Oh, on, yeah. On YouTube. And uh, that was fun. I like that. Yeah, I, I never watched that. I'll have to check that one out. So that's all on the uh, the two Robs. Oh, wait. No, I do have something else about Rob Hubel. I cannot believe this, but it's mentioned in his Wikipedia page. And I've never – this is the first time I've seen confirmation that what I saw was real. But Rob Hubel was, it, according to Wikipedia, the comedy partner of Rob Riggle. The duo have worked with the improvisational comedy troupe Respecto Montalban – I don't remember what I called. Oh, I think I called it Redondo or something last time. Respecto Maltobon. And it actually has its own Wikipedia page. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I can't believe I'm like, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't imagining this. The original members of the group included Chad Carter, Danielle Schneider, da uh, Dana Fineglass, Jackie Clark, Owen Burke, Paul Shear, Rob Hubel, and Rob Riggle. And they were active from 1998 to 05. Damn. Yeah. So I... I was not crazy. I did see. Have you ever had something like this where you where you you see you you see something like this and then you realize you saw a big star later on or something like that? It's it's a weird way to put it, but like I went on a random. So I, my friend had just moved to New York, was starting to take classes at AMDA, the American 
Musical and Dramatic Academy. Uh, and, okay. And we all and I knew I wanted to go to the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater because I was wa- I watched their show on Comedy Central and. So we all got on the subway and went down to like the original theater. Um, <laughs> if you know your Upright Citizens Brigade theater lore, you know that they moved from this random. It was like an old burlesque house where you walked in and you walked past the stage and then got to the seats. It was the weirdest setup, but evidently it used to be this old like burlesque theater. And and, and when they first started, because I love hearing people talk about it. I'll, I'll listen to like WTF or whatever, and they'll talk about the old theater and they'll talk about the people when they first opened up and people would come in expecting to again see like strippers on stage and it was like improv comedy class and then they'd be like uh okay <laughs> like these creepy old guys would come in uh, so i we went there and this was this was probably early 2000 i want to say because he only lasted one semester with me at mason and then he went to amda and we all went up there to check it out and we were still freshmen so this would have been like the year 2000 um Damn. and so and, and, and like during the week they have these shows and they're free i think i think you just walk right in because improv people are on stage and they're just working out you know it's it's literally mm-hmm. just like we're, let's work out in front of an audience and most of the audience is probably other improvers because you can like kind of jump on stage whenever you want and tap somebody out if you got an idea or whatever because <laughs> it's literally just an exercise but i was just watching there like watching it and they do crowd work and they talk to people and and it only occurred to me later that I, I we saw Respecto Montalban, and not all eight people were there that night. There were just like three of them, but I'm almost certain one of them was Paul Shear and one of them was Rob Hubel. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's incredible. All right, where the hell were? Oh, the only other bit we oh. got on such <laughs> a tangent there. I know. I don't know why we're so loquacious today, but I'm. I'm I think it's some good stuff. Like this is if if I was going to release a full episode to convince people to get the Patreon. This would be <laughs> this would probably be the one. Uh, the other thing we wanted to know from last episode was had we seen Marla before. And I couldn't find any instance of Marla appearing before, at least specifically played by this actress. We have not seen her before, but we will see her again. So mm, okay. look out for okay. that. Yeah. Okay. No more spoilers, because I don't even know what the context is. So. <laughs> um, I also found this in the goof section of the IMDb page. And for some reason, I watched, I don't know why I watched the end of the episode yesterday, but if, I wanted to check something at the end, and I can't remember what it was, but... When Sammy starts choking at the Seder dinner, Susie asks frantically if anyone can perform mouth-to-mouth. And that did strike me as odd the first time I watched it, but I didn't mention it last week. But if someone's choking, you don't give them (laughs) mouth-to-mouth. Yeah, Jesus Christ. (laughs) What a fucking mother. Yeah, you... But I was watching... I don't know if she's actually choking, because Susie says she can't breathe. She's not breathing. So I'm like, well, I still don't think mouth-to-mouth is appropriate, because it looks like she's struggling (laughs) to breathe. I think mouth to mouth maybe is only if you've passed out or if, you know, I, I don't know what the case may be, but it didn't seem like Sammy was a person who needed mouth to mouth, but I get it for the joke. Like, um, <laughs> but um, I, I did think that was weird. I don't know if it's a goof or if it's incorrectly regarded as a goof, but here's one that might be a goof. The theory of 77 advanced by Bush admirer Len Dunkel. I don't even remember him getting his name in the episode, but evidently his name is Len Dunkel, Stanley Tobolowski's character, says mm-hmm. that for every 77 years there's a great president, Washington, Lincoln, FDR, and George W. Bush. Those four presidents, however, weren't in office every 77 years. The theory would apply <laughs> if the number of years was 72, so we'd have 1789, 1861, 1933, and 2005. Oh, my God. Or this, 70... This, yeah. Does this come into come into play, like, with all the years of their administration? I think so. I mean, if this okay. person... Math is not my strong suit, but if yeah. this person did the math correctly, then only 72 or 73 would work. Though, at the time of this episode, 
72 was the only one that was actually viable, not 73, because then you'd have 89, 62, 35, and 08. Yeah. Um, Ugh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he was off by a few years. I don't know why, but again, maybe no one felt like doing the math. I don't know. So that's all the uh, trivia and tidbits and stuff like that and homework. Uh, let us now consult the book. In this episode, Larry and Jeff <laughs> use a hand wiggle to represent conservative in this episode. David said he was hoping the move would catch on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And there's still time, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, we could. Yeah, we can make it happen. Although we, we already, you know, talked about last episode how that, that hand mo- movement has sort of already been, you know, it's going to be tough to claim it. It's going to, you know, because it's already been sort of claimed by by a certain group, I guess, <laughs> or by people trying to describe a certain group. I, I, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a better way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. What were they thinking, though? Rob Corddry, who plays Rick Leftowitz, said, You can definitely see how Curb Your Enthusiasm has evolved from Seinfeld, and I think it's much more sophisticated TV today. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it's much more sophisticated, he said. TV today has to be grounded in reality, and Curb Your Enthusiasm is hyper-real. In the age of reality shows, I guess that's what comedy becomes. Uh, we get a Davidism to fill up a lot of this page and it's Larry to his neighbors. You never see people drinking grape juice is what he said. <laughs> so there we go. That's all from the book. You may be seated. All right. If you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show despite the last 44 <laughs> minutes. Good New Lord. Record. We got off on a, a good long New York city tangent <laughs> there. And, and I will keep all of the silence in from whenever I went to the bathroom. That's yes. uh, that's just what you get with Patreon. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but obviously that 44 minutes is pre-edit, so I don't know where we're at currently on the, on the free feed. But if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the uh, went through all that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. Um, if we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, whichever you use if you use either of those. If you like us a little bit more than that, you can join Join us over on Patreon, the aforementioned Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you get early access to every single episode, and uh, the episodes that we push out over there are going to be much longer. Uh, they're going to have all the stuff that we clip out. I-, I don't know how much made the free feed, but Tim and I were talking about our New York City experiences and, and sports gambling experiences <laughs> for Probably 15, 20 minutes today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I, I, don't know if, I, I don't know if this is going to be cut out, but here I want to say again, if I was going to convince somebody to, to get the Patreon, this would be the episode that I would play for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to look at the, uh, the comparison between the two episodes. Well, this one says it's only an hour and 15 minutes. This one's two hours long. <laughs> What's the difference? Well, we just told you what the difference was. <laughs> um, but if you, uh, you want to join over on patreon you're gonna join the awesome company of nate collins tamara ortiz the guys and gals over at the idiotville podcast john and kathleen murphy tim's dad and mom two separate emails because there is no password sharing right will hall danica Lagorio, j-dog conlord nick kudla 
Adam Webb, Nate Collins, other email account, at least until March 1st, <laughs> and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Again, patreon.com slash no hugging. All that being said, season five, episode eight, The Ski Lift, original air date, November 20th, 2005. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry and Jeff befriend the head of a kidney transplant consortium. <laughs> it's, it's not bad. We might be able to make it better. I don't know. We'll see. We Did you notice, by the way, I want to mention right up top, this episode, 33 minutes, 50 seconds, almost a 34-minute episode. Oh, I noticed. That's part of the reason why I was so late. <laughs> I left myself exactly 30 minutes to uh, to watch it, and then uh, somewhere in the middle of the episode, um, I had to take like two or three minutes to uh, help Grace with something, and then yeah. I ended up not being able to log on until 9.40. <laughs> yeah, so a bit, all the other ones have been pretty much 30 minutes exactly, but Larry David playing a little bit fast and loose with uh, you know taking advantage of being on HBO and, and not having the, the strict schedule that a network show might have. So I'm, I mean, it's only been six years. I think he can do that. He's only well. done yeah. one episode <laughs> longer than like 30 or 31 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So Larry is visiting Richard Lewis, who is bedridden, still needs that kidney, and they, he remarks while motioning to a picture of himself with some old timer that the Mick got his liver almost right away, I guess because he's so famous. And I can't tell you how long. It basically took me until somebody said his full name to realize they were talking about Mickey Mantle. Oh, when really? did you catch on? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, w- was it prior to them saying his full name? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't until they said his full name for me either. Yeah, because they're like, oh, the Mick. Oh, you got to love the Mick. I'm like, who's the Mick? You got to help us out. <laughs> We're just taking taking uh, context clues here. I'm, I'm guessing Mickey Mantle, but uh, for a while I thought they were just kind of going down the same hole of, uh, you got to love the Drake. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I guess is kind of the way that the Mick got his, but I didn't even know that was Mickey Mantle's name, the Mick. Was his nickname? I thought they were being disparaging to an Irish person they knew. Oh like, my oh, the, god! Look at the Mick. The Mick got his liver as soon as <laughs> I'm like, you guys, come on! It's I know it's an acceptable form, uh, but like you have to say it so many times. But no, they're talking about Mickey Mantle and Richard Lewis has his 500th home run ball on display right there, and he's leaving it to Larry David in his will. Yeah, and he's very open about saying that it's worth $20,000, to yeah. which uh, Larry looks over at the ball, as does Richard Lewis's nurse. Oh, yeah, she definitely tracks that comment. And I wonder how many, I just have to look up, because I don't want to do it later, um, how many home runs Mickey Mantle actually hit, because a ball like that I feel like should be in, oh, 536. So maybe 536 is in Cooperstown, but I feel like 500, that nice round number, should be... <laughs> Should be there as well, but nope, it's in Richard Lewis's bedroom. Before leaving, Larry does have a little conversation with the nurse named Lisa, and she mentions that they have a mutual friend. She dated Jeff for a while and remarks that it didn't work out because he has a small penis, and she does the the tiny, you know, yeah, index the, the, finger, the finger thumb. pinch. Yeah, yeah, the finger pinch did you, move. Did you recognize her, uh, the woman playing Lisa? I thought she looked like Marilyn Rice Cub, but I don't think it is. Who it, Who is it? It is, uh, I believe... Her name. She's from Mad TV. Uh-huh. I know. I know her from that. It's uh, Mo Williams, I think. Not Mo Willems. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I love Mo Willems. Uh, Mo. What was her name? Mo. Was it M O E? Mo William. Hmm. God. Mad TV cast. 
Uh, Mo Collins. Mo Collins. Mo Collins. Huh. Cl- very close to Mo Willems, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. really. <laughs> I was not familiar with her because I was not a huge Mad TV fan. But yeah, it makes sense that he would grab uh, a sketch comic like that. But I, did you think she looked like Marilyn Rice Cub too? I really thought so. She kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very, very close. Uh, and so. Larry thinks it's very odd, as it is, that he mentions. She was like, oh, I thought guys just talked about that. I thought it was like small. He's like, nope, no. <laughs> He's like, no, no men ever talk about that. No men ever talk about <laughs> penis size. Are you kidding me? Uh, 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 okay. Okay, Larry. Sure, man. <laughs> I guess when you put it that way, you're right that it's it's off. But I don't think, I, don't, I guess guys wouldn't talk at length about who has the smallest one. <laughs> Maybe they would. I don't know. <laughs> no, mine's smaller. Trust me. Uh, so over at City of Angels Medical Center, where, as we know, Lewis Lewis is in his coma still, Jeff and Larry are sitting bedside with him. And Jeff says that, you know, he Larry says, oh, you know, I met uh, Lisa. And, you know, she mentioned that it uh, didn't work out because you have a small penis. And he's like, what? No, it's not that. It's that she has a huge vagina. <laughs> and so I love the this quote here. It's like, big vaginas are getting away with murder, accusing men God. of having small junk when it's in fact their big vagina that <laughs> I, is I, the issue. I got to say, I loved the, uh, to combat the finger pinch hand gesture, uh, Jeff just holds out his hand, like, <laughs> attached at the wrist, fingers completely spread outward yeah. as wide as possible. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Bottom of palms together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and why don't, yeah. And that's the new, that's the, and Larry's like, I'm going to do that from now on. They love, oh, they love doing the pinch. I love when they're like, oh, they love that so much. They love it. This is the most fucking incel thing Larry David has ever said. <laughs> and and that's saying something. They're right, though, because how psyched was, you know, were the entire female side of the species when, um, Apple release or the you know the the consortium the Unicode consortium to bring up consortium again um, released the pinching emoji. <laughs> They're like, oh yes, finally I can now penis shame men with this. I can now talk about my tiny dick. I mean, wait, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> I can now, I- yeah. And I think there is uh, not necessarily connected at the at the palms at the wrist, but there is a, a gesture where it's like two hands outstretched like that. <laughs> I, I think it's more used as like a grabbing uh, emoji. <laughs> oh, you know, are you talking about it, it the, already exists? Are you talking about the happy face with the hands that do that? Is there not one that's just hands? There's the high five one, which sometimes I use for hallelujah. The two hands lifted in. Here, I'll send you the one I think you might be thinking of. Which okay. I think we I think we can use that, but let mm. me let me send you the one that no here I'm sending you the one I'm talking about. All right, I've oh, just hang on. I I've almost just, sent that to Grace. Uh, <laughs> I've just sent you the second one that I think would be better. Okay, no, I'm I'm sending you the one that I'm talking. All right, about here. you send me the. <laughs> oh damn! That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I, I mean, what is I think that? I think it would be a little closer if, like, you know, the the bottom of the wrist, like, we're we're totally. Uh, we're the totally angle. together. Yeah. yeah, but that's as you, close as you can get. You could even add here. Let me add one in front of it. <laughs> so this is the full motion, I think. So praying hands and then yes, <laughs> and yes, then open. <laughs> well, great. So we've got our own big vagina emoji. So I'm <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad everything is balanced as it should be. 
Yeah, so the doctor comes in and mentions that he's on to Larry, that the reason Larry's so interested in Lewis Lewis's health and condition is that if Lewis Lewis dies, Larry David is not on the hook to give his kidney to Richard Lewis. And Larry just kind of fesses up to it. This, this scene kind of fizzles because he goes, you got me. That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. He just, uh, he just owns up to it. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff does invite Larry skiing. I love, I love Larry's just like immediate poo-pooing, for lack of a better word. Immediate poo-pooing of anything that's popular. Because he's like, yeah, anything ah, popular or anything fun. Anything people like to do. He's like, ah, I don't know. Why, why go skiing? Why? It's such a schlep. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of feel that. Like, cause what, why do this fun thing? I yeah. don't want to have fun. Yeah. I want to have fun without work. Like, I understand Larry's point of view from that. that you uh. know, like, yeah. I don't <laughs> Some would say the, the work is worth it. You climb up the mountain, you do all the work to get up there, and then you get to come back down. Then you get the fun. You can't have the fun without the work. But, but, but I'm with thing. Larry. I think it's possible. You ride a ski lift. There's no work. There is all that like when he's later on when he is there he is carrying it and you have to walk in the boots and you have to oh, carry the poles. Oh and the god! Ski- oh no! no. You're not going to convince me that it's <laughs> that it's not a schlep. Because I the last I haven't gone skiing in a long time, but I had a, there was a time when my friends were like so into it, and I I went on like a couple of the trips with them to these mountains that were like you know an hour or two away or whatever, and yeah, um, yeah, it's fun, but also like yeah, you're especially by the end of the day, you're like where the hell's the car? Got to carry yeah. all this shit back to the rental place, and I don't even know where I, we are. Uh, I was into it in middle school because my middle school offered a ski club where, nice. for like, I don't know, a hundred bucks or something, they would take you like bus trip to Holiday Valley, which is uh, the ski resort like just across the line in New York. Yeah. Um, and it, you'd be gone for like a whole day. Like that would include meals and everything. And it was really fun. And yeah. I wanted to continue it into high school, but uh, it, it got more expensive and oh, yeah. none of my friends were doing it. And I'm like, I don't like the people who are doing this. <laughs> it's all, it's That's all the fucking part. rich kids. Yeah. 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 And, gonna... and now if I were to go do it now, it's been uh, over half of my life since I've done it. I would I would die. I'd break a leg. <laughs> I would I would definitely try it again. Like I don't know, maybe Colleen will get a chance and I can like chaperone or something and, and do it again because it, it is it's not I don't hate it as much as Larry David does. Like I do have yeah. fun when I'm out there I, and I would love to go again, but uh I mean if if I'm gonna go skiing anywhere, I have to fly there now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can't can't ski in Texas. Unless that snowstorm from LA hits you guys, it might <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Um, it's like 70 here and it's snowing in LA. It's the weirdest thing at the, at the moment we're recording this anyway, but, uh, the ski trips. Yeah. I, I did a ton of those with like church groups and stuff as a kid to like get on a bus at five in the morning and you get back at like 10 at night or whatever. And you, you've skied all day or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I, I, I did do a few of those pre-college as well. Uh, in the lobby, Larry and Jeff see George Lopez, who they know was a kidney transplant recipient. And so they want to ask him about the uh, the process and the list and all that stuff. And George, of course, this is kind of infamous now because I guess at the time he was still married. But George Lopez got a kidney from his wife and then divorced her. Oh, my God. And then they God. got a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, pretty. Um, I mean, hey, pretty- I guess uh, I guess donating an organ isn't necessarily the thing to, to save a marriage. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it's. Um, I guess so. It's like, well, maybe if I have a kid with this person, then I'll love them a little bit more. Maybe if I donate my kidney to them, then they'll love me a little bit more. No, it's just, uh, it just comes down to if they love you or not. Yeah. Do you want to stay together for the kidney? <laughs> oh, stay together God for the kidneys. It, kidney. <laughs> I just combined Tim and kidney, and I think Timmy. I called you kidney. <laughs> Jesus yeah, they, Christ. they divorced in 2011, and his transplant was in 2004. I'm sorry, 2005. His wife okay, Ann well, donated they, they one of her kidneys. They got another six years. They got they another got, six got, years out of it. She got six years out of that kidney, and, you know, so I think that's, that's as much as you can Who's to say how ask. long that marriage would have lasted if she didn't donate a kidney, you know? Yeah, maybe, yeah, exactly. maybe George Lopez would be on the kidney list with Richard Lewis. Yeah. Maybe he wouldn't still be around in 2011. Yeah, we can, we, you can only... Uh, not hope. I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of. You can only hope. Wait, no, I mean, <laughs> um, I'm not a George Lopez fan, but I don't wish anything like that. Uh, yeah, we can, can only, only imagine. imagine. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to can say. can only imagine. can only imagine. But George does have a suggestion for him for them. He says that the head of the kidney consortium can be gotten to. He takes care of his friends. So, mm. you know, just uh, just throwing that out there. So at home... Larry is meeting with his private investigator, Omar Jones, and he says, outside of the adoption thing, I'm wondering if you can look into something else for me. Get some info on Ben Heineman. That is the head of the Kidney Consortium. And uh, Omar says, all right, you got it. Meanwhile, Cheryl bought a jacket, a brand new winter jacket for Larry because they are going skiing with the Greens. And Larry doesn't want to go. Uh, but he notices uh, while they're talking about the new jacket that Omar left a bag on Larry's table of edible undies, edible <laughs> underwear, edible panties. And so he runs out to make to try to catch Omar before he leaves. But he's gone. And as a neighbor approaches, Larry doesn't want to be seen holding a box of edible undies. So he stashes them in his jacket uh, at Larry's office. Omar has already tracked down. He is good. This seems like He's the next day to me. Too. I mean, yeah, yeah. This, is, uh, this is quick. He's got all this great info on Ben Heineman. He's a Yankees fan. He's an Orthodox Jew. I mean, Here's what he drives. Fair, Here's his license plate. To be fair, this is uh, 2005. He probably just Googled him because yeah. <laughs> this is a guy who exists in the public. You know, this is a high-profile high profile. man. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's like hiring a detective to find out information on Elon Musk. I'm like, yeah. well, you know, he owns Twitter. Uh, he's the CEO of Tesla. Oh, good, good, good. Here's where he was I'm born. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he loves memes. Uh, that's one thing that nobody – yeah, that, that I had to really dig for. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, here are his assassination coordinates. So – now Larry and Jeff are trying to think about how to get close to this guy very quickly. And the first thing Larry comes up with is saving his life. That's it. He's like, and I love this because I do it every week when we get to the um, synopsis. But he says, this is just a jumping off point. <laughs> it's like Jeff pushes him off a building and Larry's there to catch him. <laughs> it's like, that's just the first idea. You know, I don't, <laughs> don't want to stick with that. I'm just throwing it out there to yeah, get the conversation I, started. <laughs> I love Jeff's like counterpoint. He's like, so in this scenario, he just immediately starts thanking you and doesn't at all question the big fat guy who just threw him off a roof. Yeah, that's immediately forgotten. <laughs> yeah, but it was just an idea. <laughs> that's just my first idea. Um, and so Larry then comes up. He's like, well, uh, this might work. And so we cut to the hospital 
where Larry is driving his car and finds the golden Cadillac that Ben drives, same license plate and everything, and Larry hits it with his car, but nothing happens. I love the first one where it's like, it's like he didn't even do anything. <laughs> just, there's no damage. So Larry has to hit it a second time, and when he does, the airbag goes off. And even, even in that case, like just one of the brake lights was kind of chipped a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't even that. Maybe this yeah. was like a Cadillac product <laughs> placement or something. <laughs> it was like, yeah, uh, the airbag will go off on a lesser car, but your car will just be, be fine in these little parking lot. Uh, and so Larry leaves a note that he has prepared on the windshield of the doctor. So over at Izzy's Deli, which was at 1433 Wilshire Boulevard in Santa Monica, for 47 years, it closed in May of 2022 when owner Izzy Freeman decided to retire. He actually closed it in November of 2020, and then it just never reopened, and he finally announced in May, you know what, it's, it's just never coming back. And the last time Google Maps drove by, it was still for lease, I don't know if this price is still good because it was from three years ago when the story came out. But if you want to open a restaurant in the former Izzy's Deli, it's going to run you 25000 a month to oh lease the building. God. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, I know. That's quite an overhead. Larry shows up in his yarmulke meeting Ben Heineman at this kosher deli. And I don't know if it's okay for me to say this, but there's no better way. Larry is Jewing it up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean... <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's got the yarmulke. He's uh, he's mimicking Heinemann's Hebrew and, oh and slapping the table. And I'm like, oh, my God. Him doing this is as funny as when he wasps it up, when he has to act waspy. <laughs> well, like uh, waspy and Republican. Yeah. I, I, this was when he's like, because, yeah, the, the other guy will say something in Yiddish and, and Larry will go, like kind of trail off, just making weird throaty yeah, noises. Don't, don't forget the, the table slapping either. Yeah, it'll, yeah, be, it'll, be, it'll be a mix of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and immediately Larry starts going in on all of... He, he fakes a phone call where he's like... And he's also talking like uh, like an extra from Fiddler on the Roof. He's like, I would love to go to the game with you, but it is the Sabbath and I cannot go. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> And he hangs up. And he's like, oh, the Yankees are in town, you know. But the way he's talking to the guy is so fucking funny. And it's like it, like if Larry wasn't Jewish, it'd be offensive. Like me doing that was probably <laughs> offensive. But Larry. Oh, yeah. He's probably he's, awful. <laughs> yeah. But the way he is playing it up is, uh, you know, so he like dives in. Oh, I love the Yankees, of course. And and uh, and the fake yeah throaty noises. And the doctor mentions that he loves, uh, you know, after his family, his loves are, are baseball and skiing. And so Larry is like, I have a lodge. I'll in, uh, please come and be my guest at my lodge this weekend. So now he's invited Ben up to Jeff's ski lodge. Uh, over at Richard Lewis's, Larry tells Lisa that Jeff had a uh, kind of a different take on their relationship. And then it wasn't that he had a small penis. It was her huge vagina. And he makes the huge vagina uh, move at her. Uh, and then he goes up to tell Richard, Richard Lewis about Ben Heineman. And he's like, you know what? He's a huge Yankee fan. What if I give him the Mickey Mantle ball? Richard is, first of all, you know, shocked that Larry doesn't want it for himself because it's left in the will. But, you know, if it'll get him a kidney, then fine. Like, let, let's do it. Uh, but the ball is missing. And Larry accuses Lisa of smuggling it in her huge vagina. 
The funniest part of this scene to me was Richard Lewis's face. Just like whenever he turns to Larry. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he could see where Larry was going to accuse his nurse of stealing from him, but then when he brings in the huge vagina line, he's like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> like, you know, not that he was going to be okay with it, but he could kind of see like, "Oh boy, Larry's accusing her of." But then he's like, "What? Like what? How do you know that? Why would you say that? Why would a human say that to another human?" So over at uh, Jeff and Susie's, Larry and Cheryl are having dinner, and Larry explains that uh, you know he is he's going skiing now because he's invited Ben, who is an Orthodox Jew, to the house. And Susie and Jeff are like, "Well, gosh, well, I mean, we can't do anything. You've already invited him, so I guess he's coming." And Larry's like, "Well, you know that um, I'm afraid that's not the worst of it." And so we cut to the lodge, and a great reveal where. Susie is being forced to pretend she is Larry's Orthodox Jewish wife. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very just just hilarious. I mean, what anytime they're just forced together, it's great. And so this was just gr- a great concept to write. And they're telling the story of how they met in and Larry is just completely like Susie is it seems like a good Jewish person like she knows what she's talking about and Larry you know, he he barely knows his own Judaic traditions, like whatever the other side of Orthodox is, modern or, or whatever, you know, and so him having to fake this entire other section of his religion is, is he's bumbling it and bungling it. But Susie is mentioning like, you know, like she knows the lingo and stuff, like talking about the kind of mixer in college that they met at. And Larry is making up stuff where he's like, I was in a band and the ladies love the band. And Ben's daughter is there who is like the most stringent orthodox person in the room even more so than her dad and is like sort of calling larry on what what do you mean what kind of music he's like oh uh, uh, jewish folk music you know we were called larry and the hipsters jesus <laughs> <What>? christ <laughs> yeah. this is so weird he's like and then the hipsters went their own way and they had a bit of success and i just became larry david and uh yeah and and Susie tries spinning it where she's like you know, actually, it, it was more of a, a pity. I, I pitied him, and that's why we got together. <laughs> um, but Larry, you know, trying to make it seem like he was Mr. Cool. Um, and uh, Ben's daughter even calls Larry on his fake throaty noises because the her dad says something in Yiddish. And again, Larry tries to, like, take a sip and go, and she's like, what? He's like, eh, takes a drink of wine. Um, but they do finally also broach the topic of, you know, because he finally asked, like he didn't know what Ben does for a living and that he's he mentions the the kidney thing. And so they finally broach the subject that his friend needs a kidney, Richard Lewis, uh, who he is kind of familiar with. Uh, later that night, in order to keep up the ruse, Larry has to sleep in the same room as Susie and same with Jeff. And both of them, Larry and Jeff, are kicked to the floor by Susie and Cheryl. Larry does try sneaking back in, but he is kicked right out. By Susie. And the next morning, Cheryl made bacon, which Larry is very upset with because obviously it's a house full of, uh, you know, Orthodox Jews who don't eat pork. And Larry throws it out. Then Ben's daughter comes around the corner. And again, stringently Orthodox Jew, she realizes that Cheryl has served dairy on the same plate that they served meat on the night before. And so that's not kosher, so she can't eat off of that plate. She has to eat off the milka plates or something like that. And, you know, (laughs) she's kind of berating Cheryl for this mistake. But Larry 
digs into, which I thought was hilarious when he was yelling at Cheryl and he knows she can't break and yell back at him. This is like sort of a free pass to go. I told you about those plates. Why didn't you get those plates? How could you do this? And stuff like that. And Cheryl just has to sit there and take it. I thought that was hilarious. So the day, so we, we get a day of skiing. Everybody's out on the slopes and Larry is going to take one more run with Rachel. We finally get a name for Ben's daughter. Before he goes back, he's like, I don't want to do a, another one. And uh, and Rachel, you can tell, does not want to go up the ski lift with Larry David. But, you know, uh, her dad insists that, that she kind of stays. But he does say that he can help Richard Lewis. He's decided to, you know, pull some strings. This was the whole mission accomplished for Larry now. Uh, and so Larry and Rachel head up on the ski lift. And he is, as he does when he's alone with anybody, is annoying her with his small talk. Uh, this time about <laughs> why people don't like people who whistle. And then he starts whistling uh, just a ton. And then the ski lift stops. And it's kind of normal. You know, if you've ever been skiing, you know, those things just stop every now and then. And, and it should start back up, but it doesn't. And so almost an hour later, Rachel is panicking because as an Orthodox Jewish woman who is single, she cannot be alone with a man after sundown. And... Uh, Larry, you know, he, he tries to put her at ease even after sundown saying that like, you know, there's exceptions, right? Like it's not like you're going <laughs> to go to hell. There's extenuating circumstances, but she is like just so stringent and like, there's no extenuating circumstances for God's law. I'm here with a man after sundown. That's illegal by my, you know, by this code that I live by. And, and I just, I mean, like Jewish or not, this made me really think about how hard and miserable people make their own lives just living yeah, by these my these arcane traditions and rules that like you know the you know it's like the spirit of the law and the letter of the law it's like well why do you think that law was was put into to place probably so that like single women wouldn't get into trouble with men at night and it's like you're not going to have sex with larry david on this ski lift that was the purpose of the law as long as you can stop yourself from doing that i think god's going to be okay with it but like this extends to like the it extends even more, I would say, to the Christian world because this is a rare um, instance of a Jewish person cramming it down the throat of a uh, of a like non Orthodox Jewish person. But I mean, friggin', you can't talk about laws in this country without talking about what's in the Bible. Where, like, well, geez, what do we care? You know, like, I'm sorry yeah, if my mom is yeah. listening to this, but like, you know, it's not our governing document. <laughs> you know, it's like. That's great. Follow your own rules. Like, that's perfect. I have no problem with that. But, like, stop making other people's lives difficult or or breaking the laws that are in place that we put in place for people who are not like you. Um, it, it just it just boggles my mind that people – it's just such a hard way to live. Like, life could be so much easier on you, you know? And, and for what? You know, what are you doing it for? Sorry to get philosophical like this, but but Rachel was really, like, not a, a sympathetic character, you know? <laughs> No, I get you. I get you. I, I don't think you're supposed to be on her side. I think you're supposed to go like, come on, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, you you don't have to, as she does. So Larry is getting hungry. She's of course hungry, and Larry finds the edible undies in his jacket pocket, and he starts munching away. And he does offer them to <laughs> to Rachel. I do like when she's like, get those out of my face, please get those out of my face, and she decides to jump from the ski lift. But not before giving Larry David her phone, which explained to me why she didn't dial a phone before jumping 50 feet from a ski lift. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or waiting 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Why? 
Oh, Lord, I didn't even pick up on this. Yeah. What? Why was jumping off the ski lift your first thing you chose to do? Not calling somebody? God, no. Yeah, you had a cell phone there. The only thing I can think of, but this wouldn't have, and I don't know the rules, but like, you had a cell phone, but I know there are strict, again, if you're, especially if you're Orthodox, there are strict rules regarding the Sabbath. Like you heard the, uh, you heard Ben say earlier that he sometimes cheats on the Sabbath and watches the game on TV, which he knows he's not supposed yeah, to do. But, but the thing is, I don't think this is the Sabbath because they wouldn't be out skiing. Right. I think you're probably right. Yeah. You wouldn't be on a ski lift. A ski yeah, lift, I think, would, is, well, I don't know, actually. You would a ski lift to jump off. Actually, I, I don't know if, if that's the case, because I know you can still ride elevators on the mm, Sabbath. Okay. Um, yeah, I because know. I know. But you just can't. Yeah, you can't, like, push. So here's how I know about the elevator thing. My, my parents who have been to Israel, on certain, on whenever it's the Sabbath, I guess, you get on an elevator and it stops at every floor because you can't push the button. And so it just has to stop on every floor so that, uh, so that people can get off when they want without doing the work mm. of pushing the button. That's the thing. You're not supposed to do any work. And so I don't know what the deal is with electronics and TV and stuff like that, but but they didn't explain it. This is all again. We're having we have we always have to do this work where we write well, why a problem exists in the curb universe. Yeah, I guess by that logic, you could use a ski lift because it's just continuing on whether you're on it or not. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So you, you, there's no work that you have to do to get on it except to stand in front of it, just like you walk onto a. An elevator that closes and opens its doors on its own. So, yeah, but 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 again, we're having to do all this work as two wasps, you know, about like yeah. about what you can and cannot do as an Orthodox Jew. When it would be great if maybe maybe uh, you know, I don't know when we would get. There was no time to go. Why didn't she use the cell phone? Oh, because it was like there's no time to explain it to us, you know, because the episode gonna is gonna end after Larry picks up the cell phone. Which would get serv it gets service. So we find we knew earlier that Larry lost his cell phone. He mentioned that. And so we don't know why she wouldn't give Larry he could have said it on the phone. He's like, I don't know. I, I guess there wasn't enough time. It was already a thirty three minute episode, but he could have said, Yeah, I was on the ski lift and she had a cell phone the whole time, but I guess she didn't tell me because blah blah blah, this thing that the audience doesn't know about I being mean, an Orthodox. Yeah, but that's Jew. a fifteen second explanation. Yeah. You, yeah. you it, like you said, it's already 33 minutes. You can add 15 seconds. Yeah. Richard Lewis, where are you? Where are you calling me from? What is this? You know, just, and, and he, yeah, then he who, could explain it. Yeah, whose number is this? Yeah. Yeah. Then he could explain it in 15 seconds. You're right. And that, and that it would have been a, a great help to us. Um, but what he's calling is to tell Richard Lewis that the kidney thing's not going to work out now. <laughs> I just love that. Um, and But here's where Larry asks if he's seen his cell phone. Did I leave my cell phone there? I can't find my cell phone. And so he's like, I tell you, I'm going to call it. And if it rings, you know, just pick it up and, and hold on to it for me. So he does call his cell phone. And where is the ringing coming from? Lisa's huge vagina, which is right next to she's like fluffing Richard Lewis's pillows. And and so Richard Lewis kind of looks over at her huge vagina as Frolic they starts both to just, play. Yeah, they both yeah. just stop. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. So, so we, can only, using... we can only we can only we can only imagine. That she uh, put the mix home run ball in yeah. in her gigantic vagina as well. Yeah, exactly. Good lord almighty. Yeah, so that is the end of the episode. All right, Tim, what do we got for homework next week? I didn't write anything down. Okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, we and I mean, could, now that we, we know sort of... uh, we know who Mo Collins is, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and um, we uh, kind of assumed everything that we need to about 
Orthodox Judaism, and I feel like there's just too much to dive into as far as like the <laughs> traditions and stuff regarding yeah. that. So I mean, we we can do a whole season if you want on a deep dive of Orthodox <laughs> Judaism. Yeah. I don't think it'll get any listens because yeah. I mean. We don't know anything about it uh, other than like, you know, precursory Google searches. Yeah, it'd be it's called Two Wasps Read the Orthodox Judaism Wikipedia page <laughs> out loud. <laughs> Look for it this uh, this summer. Uh, coming on Earwolf. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I mean I, I I wouldn't mind like being more educated in that just to, you know, with how the world is today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, you know what's funny? The, there's just so much hatred towards towards jewish people you know yeah i i agree and and again i hope my mom's not listening to this but i've thought i'm like it'd be kind of cool to convert to judaism do you ever think that like i just i, I, just, I mean i just I'm not, see them I'm not as, disagreeing but I, yeah. i've never thought that i've never taken any action for it but i'm like if if i was gonna go back to the church they just seem like they have it together and they're not like mm. fucking assholes you know yeah yeah do you get like that's that's my main <laughs> That's my main issue with like, you know, I'm like, they just seem like everyone's we're just, a fucking asshole. Yeah. Here's what we're going to believe. And we're not going to push it on anybody. And it's, yeah. it just seems my, like they my are, point very, being are very other friendly. religions. That is. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, like, you know, like, no, the world must conform to our views. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just don't seem like and, and maybe they would if they were not as maligned or marginalized as they they are you know maybe there's an alternate universe where there's um judeo fascists <laughs> i don't know oh, but god <laughs> but um but yeah i'm like you know what if i if if i did feel like going on that journey i'd probably you know start there and uh it, but it reminds me of um you know i'd be like the only jewish murphy in the synagogue <laughs> um, but it reminds me of that I, I probably told this before because it's one of my favorite uh, they, they have great senses of humor too not to stereotype but um Sammy Davis Jr. converted to Judaism because obviously a lot of his uh, friends were, I guess, kind of from that uh, world. And so I, I forget who he was, who he was saying, like, all right, I'm, I'll come to temple with you. But when I get there, like, make sure you like find me. Here's where I'm going to be. Here's exactly where I'm going to be sitting. And the other guy was like, you think I'm not going to be able to find the black guy in the synagogue? <laughs> 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 you think I'm going to have a hard time picking out Sammy Davis Jr. at the synagogue? <laughs> anyway. I, where where the hell what the hell were we talking about oh i guess just uh homework for next week oh yeah homework for next week and how we're not going to delve into orthodox uh, judaism <laughs> <laughs> all right so, so nothing really then i no, don't think no nothing okay yeah. all right tim what do you like for cover art this week and there's got to be a good shot of larry and and rachel on the titular ski lift besides that uh you know larry and ben at the diner is kind of good um what are you thinking um i was thinking uh i liked I don't think there's a three shot at all, but I liked Larry on the skis in front of Ben and Rachel. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Another funny one would be Larry with his arm around Susie in her orthodox headwear. That's a pretty funny image, too, when they're on the couch. Oh, my God, to yeah. be a couple. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tim, let's see what we can do about this week's description. Okay. So we had Larry and Jeff befriend the head of a kidney transplant consortium. Is it consortium? Is it consortium? I think you can say it either way. I think okay. I normally lean consortium, but I think you can say consortium. It's not bad. I, I, I guess it's not bad. I mean, I, when, I, when I was thinking before if we could make it better, I feel like it was, you know, a ski trip, blah, blah, blah. You know, like pulling all of the, but, uh, but I guess I can't, I can't make it better. What do you think? 
Is it okay? No, I I think it's pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean it it uh, it starts off with them, you know, trying to scheme their way into uh into befriending him to get a kidney for Richard. Yeah. Um, it doesn't give any of that away. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. All right, so next week, or no, not yet. Tim, tell me, did you like this episode? Yeah, I liked it. I got a couple of good laughs out of it. I liked the standard curb structure of of everything building to this this funny self-referencing climax. Um, and it, and it is it continues the season long story arc, but also it's it's pretty self contained. Where Larry has a great idea and has already screwed it up by the end of the episode. But I, but I think it's just kind of an above average episode. I cannot give it a star. What about you? Ooh, okay. Yeah. See, um, I'm giving it a star. Yeah. Purely because I I think uh, I think it's stronger than any of the uh, well, I don't want to say it's stronger than any of the other episodes we've had so far in season five. Um, I would put it uh, at a solid number two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's uh it's top three for sure right now dang okay and we're we're getting to the end of the end of the season and i feel like i needed more than one uh, full <laughs> star episode and you know watching this i was i was having a lot of fun it was uh it was very funny so i'm giving it a star you know what i'm i'm getting towards the end too i think you've convinced me to give it a star low because okay. we only have two more episodes left, like you were saying, and I, I only have two stars. I only need one more, but I'm still kind of worried about it. So you kind of you kind of want to have some options of yeah, what yeah. to what to choose from if, if you don't have two full stars. If I need a solid number three, what is that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's both. I think it's piss and shit. Well, if I need a solid number three, now I'll have it. Because I agree. Has, has anyone ever shit without pissing too? I don't think it's possible. I, I don't think it is. I, I think it. Uh, I think it triggers uh, like a reflex yeah. in your in your piss muscles. I'm sure there's a, a much more like medical term for it. <laughs> no, that's it actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thumb, thumbing through the textbook. Oh, piss muscles. Got it. They should have made. I mean, we could all be doctors if they just made the lingo a little bit more accessible. You know, why does everything have to be Latin and scientific? Why couldn't ah, they just you know? Doctor, I got a cramp in my gooch. Ah, I see. <laughs> Yeah, or how about arm? <laughs> Even just stuff as simple as arm. Like, yeah, no, you have to get very, you know, you have to you have to use a scientific name. Like, uh, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to be a doctor. That's the only reason. Can't get the vocab down. Uh, d- doc, uh, give it to me straight. What is it? Well, you have a hurt leg. <laughs> oh, no. Perfect. That's all the info the average <laughs> That's person it. That's needs. That's all you need to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> L- layman's terms, doctors. Why should the doctor know more than the patient? <laughs> it's unfair <laughs> or or you know like you can know more but like give it to me in terms that i'm gonna understand <laughs> honestly that is like modern that is the modern day karen why should you know more than me that's not fair yeah <laughs> what, what are you talking about? i did my own why, research wh- what? why should you know more than me i did <laughs> i i'm an expert at google i don't care about your yeah. 12 years of medical school i don't care about your uh, all of your degrees. <laughs> I know WebMD, damn it. Why should you know more than me? That's unfair. Well, fine. Go go, go learn more. Oh, I already did my own research. You don't worry I'm about that. I'm not a that. sheep. I did my own research. Uh, all right. Hey, next week, we've got season five, episode nine, The Korean Bookie. 
Uh, maybe this is the the person that Tim does more sports betting with. Original <laughs> air date, November 27th, 2005. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry suspects his Korean bookie of kidnapping Jeff's dog. Oh, no. This is going to get pretty racist, isn't it? Uh, sure seems like it. Mm-hmm. Boy, am I glad I gave this one a star low because I don't think the next one is going to. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We've doubted uh. Larry. We've doubted Larry being able to handle things like this before and i don't i don't think he's but i mean the whole koreans eat dogs thing it's just that's that's almost uh i'm sure that's where we're headed and that's um yeah we'll we'll see we'll see (laughs) all right uh, is that it yeah i think that is it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell be good be good